0: This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a special episode of the Animaniacast. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. And today we have a very special episode indeed. It is our New Ruger's Eve episode. That's right. In honor of the new year, we have a plethora of New Ruger's with us today. And I will introduce them in a moment. But first of all, I am Joey. And joining me once again are my co-hosts, Nathan. We'll take a cup of kindness yet. And Kelly. Hi there. <laughs> well, we have all we all know that uh, Tom Ruger has joined us uh, several times on the show. How many times has it been, Nathan? Like three or four?
1: Uh, this, uh, I think, is our, our fifth time?
0: Yeah, so he's been on four times oh. before. Uh, this is going to be his fifth time on, but before Tom walks into the room, we have... The Ruger brothers with us. That's right, the inspiration for Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. It is Nathan, Luke, and Cody Ruger. So, first of all, it's former voice actor turned director, the talented Nate Ruger. Hi, guys. (laughs) And it is the voice of the Flame, the brave little trailer, and Bumpo. It's Luke Ruger. Hello. And of course, the voice of the bluebird on animaniacs and kiddington on hysteria it's cody ruger hi <laughs> well gentlemen thank you so much for being on our show this afternoon uh wow it, it really is an honor and just uh, to have you guys on this is this is awesome
2: thanks for having us it's That's uh good. it's pretty exciting Fine. i have to say
0: <laughs> fantastic yeah thank you well, uh, we have so many different questions to get to you guys uh, today, uh, and I don't really know where to start other than, I guess, let's let's just get right into how did you guys all get started on Animaniacs and for Nathan Tiny Toon Adventures? Did your dad just say, hey, you're going to be on the show and this is the character for you? Or did you have to maybe go up against other characters or other actors for these roles?
3: Uh, uh, this isn't a, uh, I'll, I'll start, but I, you know, I, there may be a Rashomon effect where I remembered something a certain way and my brothers can chime in and say, that's not at all what happened. But, uh, I remembered with how it started with tiny tunes, um, was that I do remember being a kid who was even in a theater at that point and trying out for the school play and being completely amazed that in fourth grade, I could be Charlie Brown in the school play. Uh, and, uh, I think this is perhaps well known to many of your listeners that, uh, the specific segment in Tiny Two Adventures, and I know that you focus mainly on Animaniacs, um, but the segment, uh, the potty years, uh, where, uh, Plucky reflects on his life as, uh, a baby, uh, Plucky, uh, and pretty much tries to flush everything and get his hands on down the toilet. Yes. That was my screen debut as a voice actor. But I think every line verbatim was from Kobe's life as like, you probably couldn't even remember any of that. It was so long ago.
4: I, I mean, I remember that I had a fascination with the, the whirlpool vortex effect of a toilet. I mean, I'd never seen a phenomenon like that before. Um and suddenly I started using the toilet when I was about three years old and it was just an entire world of possibility. Um, so yeah, you know that's I guess that's where a lot of that character's lines came from.
1: Wanna go down the hole That's right. Wanna go down the hole Yes dear Wanna go down the hole Yes, but look, the water came back water came back that's right hon water came back precisely water came back (laughs)
3: and honestly uh and and while our dad is out of earshot i do remember him (laughs) hearing some uh saying something in another interview um i think with it with another uh um um uh, vlogger or or um podcast that uh when asked, like, why did you choose to work with your sons as opposed to many other, you know, well-known professional voice actors? Like, well, they're my kids. I can tell them what to do rather than someone else's kid and have to worry about all that. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a non-zero amount of us being involved in the production. Um, I do remember specifically there are a handful episodes where, um, as you might know, in voice acting, it's not just saying the lines. There's a lot of other, gosh, as Luke well knows, from hysteria. Uh there are a lot of efforts you need to record that if you're, you know, if an anvil falls on your head, you have to say oof. Um mm. and you bring in that actual voice actor. And so there are several times when Skippy had the giggle and I specifically remember my dad slowly creeping into the voiceover booth doing the tickle finger thing going like I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you just out of earshot or or you know, uh recording range of the microphone. And that was enough to get me giggling at, like, you know, however young I was at that point, like 9, 10, 11. And that's what ended up going on the show. So, like, I think there was that element to us starting to get involved in, in voice acting. But I'm um, more than pleased you guys chime in with how you uh, started working on Animaniacs. Uh, I
2: remember uh, when I was first started out on Animaniacs, I, I, was, I was probably eight or, or, or maybe even seven or so. Mm-hmm. And I just remember getting a bunch of, um, coaching, uh, from my dad, which, which probably gave me, definitely gave me a leg up, but sort of put me aside in a, in a little, in a little room, just in the house and just said like, okay, let's work on some voices together. Uh, let's, let's see what you can do kind of thing. And, um, and so, you know, uh, uh, that wound up actually helping me out probably later on in the, in the game when, I wound up uh, doing voice work for Hysteria because that, that's when I also did a um, uh, big fat baby on Hysteria. Again, not Animaniacs, but most of my voice acting for Animaniacs was just my little little kid voice, which probably it probably helped me out that I was able to have uh, my, my father in the room helping coach. I, I mean, I second I second what my brothers have said.
4: It was it was. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, our dad wanted, you know, like a little kid voice for a certain character. I was five years old. He knew me. He knew that he could control me in the booth and all of my tantrums and they wouldn't be a huge problem. So <laughs> it, I think I think the arrangement worked out pretty well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys were talking about uh, the little kid voice right there. Now, Nathan and, and Luke and Cody, I'm interested in this as well. But how hard was it to to do that little voice, especially for you, Nathan, because when you were... I imagine doing a kind of little kid baby voice for Baby Plucky might have been a little easier when you were first getting started versus later on when you're voicing Baby Plucky for Animaniacs. Uh was that difficult at all for you or or what do you what do you remember from that?
3: My uh my memory of voicing Baby Plucky both for Tiny Kings and Animaniacs was just like when you have that little kid confidence, like uh, I just recently got back from uh, visiting family in uh, Oklahoma and hanging out with nieces. And I remember one of them saying, like, I'm going to be a dancer and I'm also going to have my own TV show and I'm going to do this and that. And so there was a lot of that, like, really little kid confidence of like, of course, I can do anything. Of course, I can walk into a voiceover booth and make jokes about potties and walk out and then do my homework. And so I wasn't like old enough to think about, like, oh, this is going to go live in front of many people and I should try and make it sound good. Um, (laughs) There there was a little bit more of that with Skippy, and so, like, there's kind of like, uh, as you folks know with a a podcast, there's a difference between just, you're a normal, okay-version speaking voice, as opposed to knowing you're going to be on television and trying to have some purpose and intent and be bright and have, especially when you hear that, like, Slappy is going to get eaten by, uh, you know, an evil, uh, dog of some kind, and, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, there, so there was a little bit of that going on, I think, the hardest for me, I may be jumping into answering some questions that may have been submitted, was easily, uh, um, method to her madness that specific uh, piece of an episode I forget the episode number off the top of my head mm-hmm. um, but I, that was one that I remember getting a lot of coaching because I was 10, 11, 12 um, and for the first time had to watch a uh, movie uh, that had method acting in it uh, it's a brilliant idea for a cartoon having a like little squirrel nephew teach his old well-known actress Cartoon character, How to Act, and everyone in the acting studio is a famous method actor. But I remember being young and watching On the Waterfront for the first time (laughs) and being exposed to, like, you know, the Stanislavski method of having, you know, emotive memories. And when you need to cry, you think about your dog dying and trying to do that while standing next to me is another actor who was hired to do his impression of Marlon Brando and that was kind of when for me the uh, the rubber met the road of like oh acting is hard this involves a lot of work you don't just show up and make nice funny sounds with your mouth into a microphone
1: now I seen from beyond the waterfront I lost my shot at the boxing title so what did I get instead a one way ticket to bra- bra- polo, Palookaville. Oh, man. I can't do it. I, I stink, man. I stink. I'm going to get fat someday. You're being too kind to yourself. Shh. <laughs> Help me, Skippy. Show me how to do it. Okay, we'll switch parts. Dig. I lost my shot at the boxing tire. So what do I get instead? A one-way ticket to Palookaville. You is my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Hey, Stella! Stella! Wild.
3: Wow. Genius. The wildest. But uh, a lot of the other ones were just so much more fun, and I think working with the likes of... Uh, um of Sherry Stoner is Slappy just made it so easy.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh Luke, Cody, what about you guys? Did Was that difficult at all, like, going into that? Or what was your method to the madness? Or was it just being a little kid and just saying the lines? Uh,
2: you know, you, you'd you think it would be li- being a little kid and just saying the lines, but there really is a lot more to it. I mean, obviously, and I think it, a lot of it, for me, came with the the excellent direction uh, of, of both... Uh, our father and of uh, Andrea Romana as well. This is Luke, by the way. Um, and uh, I I I know that with the flame, um, there was a lot of different takes that I had to do with that because I was essentially uh, re- reading the Declaration of Independence and whatnot, and uh, it was um there was a lot there was a lot of reading to do, and so the emphasis where the emphasis lay, where where where, where to get excited, where to become sort of uh, calm and collected. All of that was something that that sort of needed to instinctively come out. And uh, that, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all the direction
0: going on.
1: Let's see what you wrote. Behold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life... Liberty and the Pursuit of Happiness. All right.
5: Um, do any of you have any special memories of working with Steven Spielberg? Or not working with him, but meeting him?
3: I think that would go to you, Nate. Uh, yeah, I think I, you're the only one who, who would remember that. <laughs> uh, I have one memory of, uh, I think it was the end of the year wrap party. And uh, I think it was on the Universal Studios... Um, uh, backlot, and it was this big party where they pretty much like closed off the Universal Studios backlot. Warner to... Brothers. Warner... Was it Warner Brothers or was it Universal Studios? It was Warner Brothers. It was yes. Warner Brothers. Okay, so <laughs> memory's fuzzy. The vivid yeah. details are coming next.
0: You all
3: <laughs> um, and, uh, but I remembered um, uh, being my dad taking me, like, okay, I want to introduce you to someone, and and leading up to this, I remembered As a little kid, you could ask many things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that that changes quickly. Like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a race car driver. I want to be an actor. And I remember not too long before this, and this I think remember Jurassic Park coming out in theaters and like any kid who likes dinosaurs wanting to see that movie, even though I was kind of maybe a little too young to see a movie where, you know, velociraptors are coming at you (laughs) to children, um, but saying, I'd like to be a director like Steven Spielberg. And then, like, within the space of a month or a few months after saying that, getting to meet him. And and speaking of uh, being a little kid he was kind of cocky, I remembered in my mind at that moment, he's wearing a leather jacket, I'm wearing a black coat, he likes dinosaurs, I like dinosaurs. (laughs) So we're practically the same person. (laughs) And so just kind of like, and, uh, and now looking back on it, just like, even though he may have been one of the busiest people in all of Hollywood... Him just kind of taking those few minutes to go like, oh, did, uh, do you like Jurassic Park? What's your favorite dinosaur? And like making me feel like the only kid in the world who's ever wanted to see a movie about dinosaurs and being genuinely interested in what I had to say. And I've heard that experience of other folks working with Steven Spielberg, that there is that, that kindness and genuine interest in the folks he works with. And so that was definitely a, uh, a great moment uh, for getting to work on a
0: Steven Spielberg project. Nathan, my brother, Nathan, (laughs) why don't don't you why don't you go for a question on on our little list right now?
1: Yeah, well, I I thought of this recently. Uh, So uh, (laughs) it's been said that the Warner Brothers were uh, was influenced by you three siblings. And I was just wondering if there were particular characters that each of you related to the most or anything like that. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? (laughs)
2: It, that, that does make sense. Uh, well, I'm 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 Luca. I'm the middle brother, uh, and so I've always been, uh, you know, I've been told I'd always been told that I was the influence behind Wacko, um, you know, and his, his 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 sack of satchel of many things, uh, you know. Uh, I I always had a bit of a habit for. I don't know, scrounging around, picking stuff up off the floor, uh, not, not not, just like random, not like pieces of gum and gross things like that, but, you know, quarters, coins, little pieces of plastic that I would try and make into little inventions and combine into weird ways and so that's sort of where I'm pretty sure that's where uh, yeah, where Wacko got got that um, aspect of just always having some kind of tool or, or a mallet in his back pocket whatever was necessary um, but, uh I mean, I feel like, I always feel like I identify most with Wacko, but I think, Cody, it might be important for you to talk a little bit about your own um, influence, I guess, on on Dot, I suppose.
4: Uh, yeah, so I guess I correspond to Dot being the youngest, and she is the youngest. <laughs> and the cute um, one. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am the cute one. Um, I think, so just to, just to set the record straight on this, I think what happened uh with the development of these characters is originally they were going to be ducks um three duck brothers mm-hmm. but then they already decided you know we already started donald duck and there's already a, like plucky yeah, exactly. and daffy you know ducks have been done to death you, i mean i'm sure you guys have delved into this before mm-hmm. um and so then they changed it to generic ink block characters and then they realized well you know we have three brothers it's kind of you know Three male energies in the main cast and we actually need, you know, a female character. So let's make the youngest one female so we can have sort of a star of the show and we can have, you know, certain gags with, you know, her, you know, like, oh, she needs to, she needs to have, you know, a surgical operation and it's going to be life threatening in order to get like a beauty mark. You can, have, you can have jokes like that in there that you just don't have access to if you have three male characters. Um, in terms of how that relates to me, I, I, don't, I don't know necessarily. I mean, I, I guess being the youngest, you get to be the center of attention in certain ways, and people are really amazed when you do anything right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess there is that element of,
2: of that in there. Um, well, originally, when it was those three ducks it was going to be Yakko, wacko and smacko yeah. and so smacko was probably going to be the one using the mallets more often right. so those 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 uh, traits probably got shifted onto or spread throughout the other two brothers right mm-hmm. to when when dot was created
4: right but i mean i i think it's i think it was an intelligent move because you have a good juxtaposition uh, good good contrast between the characters that way you don't have you know, just three total rascals. You have one who is kind of different and has different priorities. Uh,
3: this is uh, Nate. Uh, speaking to Yakko, uh, that's that's kind of an interesting relationship in terms of like, hey, Nate, how do you relate to Yakko? Like, as a kid, you could not get me to stop talking. I would not. I'd just be... <laughs> Gabby, you could just like throw a word at me and I could give you a full conversation. Um, and uh, I loved watching cartoons. I, I remember my parents telling me they. Felt like they couldn't take me to party is because I'd watch I think I'd seen every Bugs Bunny cartoon at least once by the time they were making Animaniacs and Bugs Bunny didn't always say the nicest things to people Like I think there are a handful of episodes where he just walk up to Elmer Fudd and say, ah, oh, shut up, and then slap him. And so people would say, like, oh, little kid at the party who's your favorite character? And I'd say, Bugs Bunny, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't get invited back to that party because I wouldn't stop doing Bugs Bunny like conversations. And, uh, and then I, I think as Animaniacs came on TV and like the, the spotlight kind of shifted in our family a little bit, I was kind of a little bit more of the quiet kid in the corner, kind of like working on little writing this and that. And, and so it was kind of weird to kind of like, Hey, you're the really talkative one. just like, Oh, sure, yeah, of course. Of course I, I'm going to go over here now. And But now you put me in, in a room and you say, Hey, Nate, what do you think about this movie? And I, I won't stop talking. That's true. Go, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> we have a few uh, listener questions. Um, so, Nate, the first one is from uh, i Season 101. i Season 101 asks Nathan, Can I push the button? Is it my turn?
3: <laughs> uh that is an excellent question, uh, Ice Season. And uh, I'd like to say that you're more than welcome to push whatever button you find. It can be your turn. However, uh, if there's a button directly in front of me, I am pushing it, and it is always my turn.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of that that little uh, baby plucky <laughs> elevator go down to hole, elevator ele- go up to hole, and all that that stuff right there. Now, that first, you, you guys mentioned how the, the, the toilet... <laughs> thing right there was uh was based upon i believe you it was a cody correct flushing things down the toilet was the elevator stuff based upon any of the, your stories at all yeah i
4: this is cody i i also had a fascination with elevators and i was very territorial over those buttons um, <laughs> it really was my job in the family to push the button and uh i needed to do it i don't know why and <laughs> to push the right
2: button too yeah, the right
4: button was important. The, the way that it, the way that it lights up is just so pleasing. It turns this nice, like milky orange color. And I, I guess when you're when you're three or four years old, you know, colors are a big part of your life. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all you know. You're you're making friends based off of whether you know their favorite color is purple or whether it's green. I mean, that's you tell a lot based off of that. So when you have a pleasing milky orange color in the elevator, you know, you,
5: you really chase after that. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as I think I told you guys before, we went to uh, the comic convention down in San Diego, yes. all three boys, and we we got in an elevator. Right after that, a cartoon had aired, and Cody went over to the buttons and started controlling them, and Nathan started saying, no, I pushed the button, you push the button, I pushed the button. And people in the elevator freaked out. They said, <laughs> oh, my God, it's smells kids, too."
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, my turn. Not your turn. My turn.
5: All right, you push number eight.
1: What a big boy. I push eight, I push eight, I push eight. Yes, you did, huh? And I later go up. That's right, son. And I later go up.
0: You got
1: it. And I later go up. Yes. And then go up. Yeah.
0: Tom has joined us ladies and gentlemen, Tom Ruger, back here on the AniminiCast. So, welcome back Tom. Um Hello. <laughs> so, and maybe Tom, you might be able to answer this if uh if the boys don't necessarily remember, but working with Jonathan Winters, both uh Luke and Nate got a chance to actually to work with Jonathan Winters. Uh what are what are your memories from from that experience?
5: Well, I was this huge Jonathan Winters fan when when I grew up. He was the funniest guy. I mean, he was the Robin Williams of his era, uh, and so and you know my my parents thought he was hilarious. We had his albums, and so uh, when I got into cartoons, he he was uh, he was doing uh, various voices. So I wanted to get him in, and then I I I actually wanted my kids to be in the episode so that they could be among. The uh when they're 99 years old, they can say, I work with Jonathan Winters. <laughs> when I was I was seven, Jonathan Winters was 112. And he is the funniest man alive. And I worked with him. I made him laugh. Anyway, that's that's where I was coming from. And and Luke, I thought did a wonderful job uh, working with Jonathan Winters, uh the Bumpo character, uh, You know, gee, Uncle Stinky, can I sniff you? No, Bumpo, that's disgusting. You know, I just thought it was hilarious stuff.
2: I I remember meeting Jonathan Winters, and I had seen him before in uh, a mad, 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 mad world. And so this was probably the first time, this was probably my awakening moment, much like uh, what Nate had already just talked about, where I was a little bit starstruck where this was the first time where i had recognized someone and it was that vague unsettling thing like i've seen you before but i've never met you before and that's because oh my gosh you're from the television (laughs) oh my god i've seen you on on in in the movies you're actually someone that i'm being told to meet and now i have to impress and it was a very it, it wasn't a very long meeting it was just basically us getting to to know each other around the recording studio but for the most part it was it was um i don't know it was very inspirational it made me realize that i was you know in in a room with with some very talented people and it brought a reverence to the craft that i had not yet discovered
5: (laughs) nice yeah
1: hi grandpa stinky oh hi bumpo what you doing chilling for fleas can i help no don't be disgusting
5: And don't sniff me, Bumpo. It's impolite. You have to ask
1: first. Sorry, Grandpa Stinky. May I sniff you? No, don't be weird, grandkids.
0: Now, when it came to the recording of the episodes, was it typically with the other voice actor, whether that was Jonathan Winter's uh, Sherry Stoner Rob Paulson, whomever it might be, or did you ever do it separately? Was it ever just you just with the microphone and your father and Andre Romano like just directing you or how how did that all go down typically?
4: Uh well th- this is Cody In in my case um I for for my episodes as the little bluebird since the little bluebird was, you know, the only character in those shorts, it was just me in the studio and, you know, being coaxed along by my dad and, and the director, Andrea. Um, but I think my brothers might have had different experiences with that.
2: This is Luke. Um, most of my recording sessions were, were done solo. Uh, and usually, my, I mean, the majority of my voice acting work was done as Big Fat Baby for hysteria, and again, that was all such so many interstitial little little segments where the big fat egg baby is, is coming in and doing transitionals for various scenes that it wasn't really important for me to be in the room with all these other other voice acting greats. But I, I think Nate might have a different experience with, with Sherry Stoner. Is that correct?
3: I do, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and just to speak, I know this is uh, an a uh to. Luke's work on Hysteria, I vividly remember, and those kind of started to, maybe it's just my memory, a where we'd have an Animaniacs episode and a Hysteria episode recording. But I remember going in for recording as uh Frago and saying, like, six to seven lines of, I want to ride the choo-choo. And that would be my day. And then I'd say, hey, Luke, so how many lines do you have? And you'd flip through and go, 112? <laughs> and we'd sit and, and, and wait and do our homework while Luke is, like, doing, like, you had several episodes where you were the only voice actor on the show, where they would do big fat baby theater. And I so- mean,
2: to be fair, half of them were, was like the baby falls down some stairs, and I have to do twenty oofs in a row, or it's a, or, or it's just a series of belches that get longer and longer. Let's or, hear some oofs. Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> it was all just high pitch, like oh, yeah, oh, 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 You know, it was all high pitch in the back of my throat, kind of stuff. Um, but, I mean, it was a lot of ADR work, too, which was a lot of fun. But it's a lot easier to do that stuff in, in the room solo yeah. Yeah. because you're looking at a video screen. You have to time it. I mean, it, it, it's something that just it saves a lot of time to not have a bunch of people in the room.
3: So uh, to answer your question uh, for for the role of Skippy, um, there were a handful of ep- a lot of episodes where I was reading Solo, but I definitely think there are moments where they wanted the comic timing to be just right. So I was there with Sherry Stoner and most vividly for me, uh, the Woodstock Slappy episode was one where we were mm-hmm. right next to each other. And that was definitely one where uh, I've heard other like actors talk about their experiences where like, you don't know what it is, but there's this magic going on and you just have to keep it going. Where I remember like, the only times where we like cut to do a, another take again was when like I turned the page too quickly and the microphones picked up on the page and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm if, cause usually Andrea Romano and she, if you look her up as I've probably sure many of your listeners mm. know, she's one of the best voice directors in the business. She's got plenty of Emmys and deserves all of them. And I was used to going way back to like baby plucky, having this kid memory of like her saying, okay, can you do it one more time? And I would just think, Okay, I'm doing it once more, and I'm walking out of here, and it, and I'm
1: done. And, she,
3: and I do it one more time, and it would, like, looking back, I probably kind of squelched the line. I may have said it weird or, like, dropped a syllable. And so, okay, can we try it one more time? Can you try and bring up? And I'm like, I did it one more time. What are you talking about? And I remember with Woodstock Slappy, it was like, okay, we're good, but let's try this section again, because I heard the page turn when you said uh, who for the umpteenth time. And so can we try that one section again it was like oh i'm I'm not i'm just doing that one more and then we're moving on this is good we should keep going and so uh i think definitely having sherry stoner in there for those really quick back and forth slapstick scenes were was really integral and it was very great uh working out for her skippy
1: what's the name of that group playing on stage oh the name of the group oh the group on stage oh the group playing on stage oh you're starting to sound like an owl, Skippy. Who is on stage? That's what I'm asking you. Who is on stage? That's what I said. You said who? I sure did. So tell me the name. Who? The name of the group. Who? The group on stage. Who? The name of the band on stage. Who? You're doing that owl thing again, Skippy. I am not, Aunt Slappy. I'm telling you who's on stage. So tell me. Who? The name of the group. Who? The group on stage. Who? That's what I'm asking you. And I'm telling you the answer. Baby Plucky ended up having lots of
5: appearances in Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Do you have a favorite appearance? And this is for uh, Nate.
3: Sure, yeah. Uh, perhaps my favorite, I was starting to learn French. And so I felt like it was a lot of fun to take Baby Plucky to France. Um, and it was really fun to pick, read the script, and go, oh, I get to do Baby Plucky in French. And I think it was a, a Mindy and Mittens episode. Mindy and buttons. Mindy yeah. and buttons. Sorry. Um, and uh, and uh, that dog probably did not want to go to the very top of the elef- of the Eiffel Tower and down again, but Baby Plucky did. So he had to press all the buttons and do his his usual thing, but in French. And so that was a lot of fun <laughs> to just change that up a little bit.
5: That was. Uh, uh, was uh buttoned et le ballon? Le
0: ballon? <laughs> Nathan, you can pronounce it right. Uh, but, uh, uh, is no. that right? Le baton et, <laughs> le baton et la ballon, I believe it's ah. is the title. Uh, uh, we we tried it in vain to uh, pronounce it because neither of us uh speaks French. But, <laughs> Nate, that is very impressive that you, you were learning French at an early age. So, is that so... Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you speak uh, fluent French or is this.? No. No. Pas de tu. Je, je parle un peu.
3: Surement un petit peu de français. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That means only a little bit of French, yeah. Et <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes.
2: And
1: that's all. Nous tu poussons le poton, je pousse le poton. Et là, voilà. We interviewed Colin Wells earlier this year about uh, who voiced the Randy Beeman sev- segments, and uh, he said that his friends at school weren't really impressed with him being on the Animaniacs since it wasn't out of the ordinary for kids there to be doing voices or acting. So I'm just wondering if that was the case for you three, too. Were you able to impress anyone with being on TV?
5: <laughs> no one mentioned it.
1: <laughs> it
4: got, it got <laughs> mentioned. Um <laughs> i I think for me personally this is cody um for me personally i think my my friends knew about it but i don't think it was something that was widely uh disseminated besides that i think my friends knew about it and they thought like hey that's pretty cool but you know it's not something that necessarily everybody can relate to it's just like it's this very unique after-school activity that you have
5: but you uh I,
2: i i mean i would say that uh it's it's benefited me in the past just having having been a part of the Animaniacs just simply because it's but it's not something that I I, I widely talk about. It's not something that I offer yeah. so much as I, I I can sort of add in a little bit of extra information when the when the topic comes up, because a lot of people in our generation uh, watched Tiny Toons, watched Animaniacs. They watched a lot of the shows that that our dad, wound up working on, so just saying, like, hey, I know a thing or two about that that you might not know, uh, has always helped me out in in social situations. In fact, I actually, um, uh, 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 let's see, my my I met a girl and went to her college, and I, she wound up becoming my girlfriend. It was a it's a weird story, but I went went to her college just to visit. And we went to her old dormitory, her freshman hall or whatever, and everything had been decorated animaniacs themed.
1: (laughs) And it had been such a
2: surreal experience that I think that we actually wound up binding, you know, having a a bonding session or moment over that because then that a lot. I mean, we wound up talking about our our, our childhoods throughout after after that uh, event. But that was a pretty cool, weird (laughs)
1: stance. Yeah. (laughs) i wonder if she's listening to the show right now Uh, for uh
3: for me this is nate um uh i definitely remember like feeling like uh, a superhero when it was going on because i you'd go to school and then uh um either my dad would pick me up or someone else from warner brothers would pick me up from school and take me to uh Uh, the voiceover recording session and then I go back to being a regular kid even though I was you know working on a a grown-up television show um for kids but uh (laughs) but I remember like it wasn't something like my brothers that I was broadcasting that I wasn't like kicking down doors going hey anyone see Animaniacs last week I wasn't trying to let everyone know about it but I remember I think it was sixth or sixth grade like one of my um uh classmates like came at me like running with a sports illustrator for kids because I'd been interviewed for it and went like you work in cartoons and just had no idea and like quickly spread the word and everyone knew that I was like a cartoon voice actor guy and it was like right at that moment when I was thinking like oh I think I think girls are kind of interesting and I'd like them to be interested in me <laughs> and this kid and all these others like he does the voice of the little baby squirrel and it was like not the right kind of time <laughs> for, for that to be the most famous part of who i was to kind of try and make a move on a, on a young uh woman that i was interested in um but of course now nothing but the fondest memories and love and and it again like just having uh a conversation with with new folks and hearing them say oh yeah i love this cartoon when i was a kid i'm like Oh, um, what do you love about it? And slowly eking out like my relationship with anamniacs with with strangers is is all, seeing that smile on their face. is always so wonderful.
0: Well, Nate, let's let's get that. You mentioned you know trying to impress girls and stuff like that. Let's get right into it. You are you are a, a teen heartthrob, of course, as we all know. You were, <laughs> you were in Bop Magazine. Uh, <laughs> we had a little interview. I, I used
5: to love Bop Magazine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, there's a there's an interview that you you posted on your Twitter a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's a really <laughs> we'll we'll put the picture of it on our show notes for those those people that want to, to look at that original interview. It's 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 very funny, very nice picture of, of Nate actually emoting uh, some lines right there a good facial expression. Uh, On him.
3: I'm glad you think that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was
5: not that. Can I I toss in a few things about uh, just my experience with these guys?
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Um, let's see, Luke.
5: uh, Just uh, my favorite line from uh, the first Flame cartoon is Luke says, "Imagine my embarrassment."
1: Is it hot in here? I definitely feel warm. My gosh! There's a fire! 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 Ah! I'm on fire! Put it out! Put it out! Put it out! Wait a minute! I am a fire! <laughs> Imagine my embarrassment! I wish someone would tell me these things. I'm always the last to know.
5: <laughs> Imagine my embarrassment! I just love the way that's read. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. You know. It's, I don't know, you've read something from the Declaration of Independence, but it, it's just so, uh, it's very, very adorable. Uh, and uh, now also, I want to just mention that his voice for Big Fat Baby was, uh, I, I believe it was a cat voice, was that not?
2: Oh, yeah, that was, it was the, the, the voice of Big Fat Baby, that high pitched. <laughs> that was sort of the, the, the voice that I had created for one of our, our little tiny fat or fat, but tiny headed cats with a very high pitched voice. So, so, or a high pitched meowing voice. But, so that was sort of, that's how that, that, that voice came about. And that, that, that also ties into um, my dad sitting me down in the room and saying like, okay, let's, let's coach you through some voices and see what you've got.
5: Uh, Yeah. Uh, And yeah. So that voice I thought was very unique and very funny. Um, and I wanted to mention that Cody, uh, the the whole story of him, uh, the 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 plot behind the baby original baby Plucky cartoon, of Water Go Down the Hole," uh, that with all that, you see, I, I take credit for writing that script, but that's really unfair because every line in that <laughs> script is literally out of Cody's mouth when he was a little <laughs> guy. Water go down the, I you know I pushed the button, but I flushed the potty. I no you flush. I flush. It's all from Cody. So he got really obsessed with, with the potty, of flushing the potty. And we were, I think I mentioned this before, guys, but uh, we're at this very fancy hotel in New York City. It was New Year's Eve, and Cody locked himself in the bathroom and started flushing this potty, putting toilet paper down this potty. <laughs> and then we had security knocking on the door about midnight because the, the, the apartment, the uh, room below was getting flooded because Cody had overflowed the <laughs> <his
0: money>. Oh. <laughs>
5: it was horrible. So,
1: uh. <laughs> wanna do go down the hole? Wanna do go down the hole? Rocky, is everything all right up there? I wanna
5: flush it again! No, you've flushed enough, son. Wanna flood it again? He's been up there quite a while. We'd better check on them. Plucky, what's going on in there? The door's locked. Plucky! want to flush the body!
1: Open this door right now! I want to flush it again!
5: Anyway, so was all, that was a very real, real story. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Nathan finally, uh, on Nathan, I remember coming home with, uh, I think it was soccer coach Slappy and, and, uh, I, I would give the scripts to the kids like the day before, so they could at least get an idea of what was going on. And in soccer coach Slappy, I, Nathan kept getting hit with the ball in the head. I mean, excuse me, Skippy. And, and I think Nathan, uh, was asked to cry. And do you remember this conversation we had? And Nathan really, uh, you know, he felt like, he said, you know, I feel like uh, I know what this character, I I don't think my character would cry in this situation. (laughs) 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 And so we had quite the uh, argument. And I said, well, can I pull some crying from a previous episode?
1: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, it's okay.
5: No, <laughs> well, that's those are my little shares
0: there. Well, speaking of crying, you know that that crying right there in Bumby's mom is perhaps the the best crying <laughs> uh, ever ever put on a, a cartoon, in my opinion. It is it really tugs on the heartstrings and is also hilarious at the same time. So, <laughs> I don't, Nate, I'm not quite sure how you were able to how to do that, but well done. Thank
3: you. Uh, if, if I can give a little share on that, I think that was one. I mean, that may go for both of my brothers as well, but I definitely had a vivid memory of watching uh, Bumby. Are we allowed to say the name? Of the <laughs> um, and uh, and having that same visceral reaction. So I think there was a lot of another example of like true to life showing up in, in Animaniacs. Um, but uh, my little relationship with that episode is. Uh, I'm currently married, and that was my current wife and my current mother in law's first interaction with, I guess, me. Is huh. that my mother in law, you know, before I even met my wife, um, would hear that episode on TV and rush in and think one of her three daughters is in mortal peril because it sounds like she's like crying her eyes out, like, what just happened? Who just threw something at one of my daughters? And no, that's just the first man to come knocking door saying I would like to date one of your daughters <laughs> uh, so yeah that that episode again I love it it makes a huge uh, impact on my life and I'm very happy I worked on it at that exact moment in my life it did not help me with meeting the uh, meeting the parents <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bundyes's mommy <laughs> Pat, I'd like to buy a vowel. <laughs> Calm down, kiddo. It's just a movie. She's not really dead. She's dead. Mom is an orphan.
0: I got to ask. Uh the word spew just out of curiosity. Is that connected to you Nate or anything or Tom did that just kind of just come from just the writing process cuz it's such a good oh, catch Yeah, spew. spew. Yeah.
3: Uh skip Sorry, uh, can, can you repeat the question? So, Skippy always yeah. says spew. Yeah. Where yeah. Did it, co- I mean, it was just in the script, right? I think it was just something in the script okay. that like, uh, yeah, especially hanging out with a, an old gross squirrel with completely different ideas of what a, a young nephew should be doing. Um, <laughs> uh, talk about prunes and the like and, and eating more prunes. So you're a bit more regular. That that would be a spew yeah. thing to respond to.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Okay. Theoretically, if the Animaniacs ever got rebooted, um, how would you like Skippy and Slappy to be handled, or in like Cody your, your hand, like the Flame, or even the Bluebird? I guess, <laughs> like, um, would you want uh, someone else doing the voices for it, or would you come back and do the voice for your own character? Uh,
3: uh, this is Nate. I wouldn't mind coming back. I'd would love to. <laughs> if we got the, the game back together again, why why the heck not? Um, uh i i and i'll i'll let my dad correct me if this is uh if i'm speaking out of turn i thought i heard an idea just to, like what would be a fun direction to go with skippy um uh would be skippy has is now a teenager who refuses or maybe not even maybe even his mid-20s who refuses to like get out of the uh, <laughs> flappy's tree and just like i'm in my room leave me alone and i wouldn't mind like updating a little bit where slappy may have updated to the times still just as grumpy and uh, and I may need to get kicked out of the tree has to go look for a job like that would be something that I think would be fun to do
0: I believe Tom I believe I saw you tweet that idea actually of all people when we were when uh, when first rumors of a reboot were going around, did uh, I say that? I believe. Because I
5: think I might have.
0: Yeah, I think you did. I think we got to get. I, I
5: think that. I think that would be hilarious for Sue. <laughs> I think it would really drive Slappy out of her gorge. <laughs> <laughs> good odd couple. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to some. Um, to some, where are you guys now? Uh, let's start with you, Nate. Um, you got into filmmaking. Uh, that did. So. So Kelly, what what questions do we have for that?
5: Uh, one of the questions I have is, what are some of your favorite films, and how have they influenced your work?
2: How much time do you have? <laughs> 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 uh, that's a hard question. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be here all
3: night. To try and give the long story short version of that, um, one that made a big impact on me was uh, the Maltese Falcon. And I think there is a specific episode of Animaniacs that is a reference to the Maltese Falcon. And uh, I remember that being a movie that I think dad sat all three of us down to watch. And I remembered having a reaction where you see the big Warner Brothers logo fade in with this big, beautiful score with a full orchestra and it's in black and white. And I think I was trying to get up and leave running because I was watching an old tiny black and white movie where it's just, you know, people talking in rooms and fedoras. And it's like, no, nope, I don't want this. And my dad made me sit and watch it, and I fell in love with it. It was the first film noir-type movie I'd seen. I think it was around Animaniacs time, 10, 11, 12. I don't think it was, like, required viewing before that episode aired, but it definitely made me kind of open up to, like, oh, this is a different way to tell a story. You can have, you know, shades of morality and detective characters and, and a mystery story and... Uh, The kind of stuff you don't necessarily see as much with your average kid's programming. Uh, So that (laughs) ended up becoming a big influence on me. And I think also uh, working on Animaniacs, like it's one thing being inside the booth and then, you know, three of us are there doing other lines and then being on the other side of the booth and seeing what happens in between the voice uh, director, like Andre Romano, pressing record or saying something and turning to sound engineers and producers and writers and other actors and having this creative conversation about the entire machine of a television show and what's going to happen next episode, who's animating what, really kind of opened my eyes up to it's really fun to just go in and do a voice. And I love that experience, but it opens up to, there's an entire industry of people who are specialized in their own little areas of craft. And that's kind of the side of the table. I I, uh, wound up being much more interested in. And why I'm kind of focusing on thrillers, whether they're film noir or horror or science fiction. And uh, that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. you mentioned Shades of Grey right there. That, that I think is pretty prevalent. We uh, watched Another Life uh, just a few days ago. Uh, just a fantastic short film that you uh, wrote and directed. Um, Thank you. Uh, I just really did enjoy that. Hopefully, I, I would really love to see that uh, really just expanded. I already, it ends at a, a point where you're like, what happens next? You know, I want to know <laughs> what's going to go on. Um, but just for our listeners to know that an, another life, I mean, I guess if I were to summarize it without giving out too much, it's basically this uh, a, a woman who's a, a, a Iraq war veteran has been told that she must kill uh, another a soldier, a former soldier, uh, by three days, I believe, or else they'll both be killed. And so it's this kind of dilemma that this, uh, this woman has to go through and, uh, you just hit so many different emotions in that short 17 minutes. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. Uh, and I really, my question really was how, (laughs) for, for somebody that comes from a, when I think of the name Ruger, I think of comedy. I think of cartoons and everything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but to to kind of be in that shades of gray, darkness kind of thing, do you really attribute that to movies like Maltese Falcon and uh, other kind of film noir films that influence you for that? Uh,
3: I do. And uh, so uh, I'm very happy that uh, the name Ruger does mean comedy and continues to mean that. Uh, so, But behind the scenes with our family, uh, we're – we were very much a family that was interested in movies and arts and in every direction. And like uh, the movie night at our place was very different from uh, movie nights elsewhere. I imagine where my dad would throw on a movie that you'd more likely see on the Turner classic movie channel than you would on uh, at your local cineplex. And so uh, I uh, remembered seeing lots of Hitchcock movies with my dad. And that was a major influence in hearing my mom, who's an actress in one year point out performances and, how they got to this or that line and and how they were able to get this across without saying anything. And my dad's pointing out how Hitchcock set up this or that shot and what that means and how that made this more interesting or uh, have this dramatic beat hit a little bit stronger. Kind of like got a little bit of film school before I went to film school and made Another Life.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, also before we move on to to you, Luke and Cody, uh, I also just had to Uh, Note that I saw the uh, it was I want to call it almost like a TED talk, but it was a a little talk that you did for uh, one of your alma maters, I believe, where you talked about uh, your film influences. And uh, according to according to that, you said your first film you've ever seen was Star Wars, and uh, how you got into (coughs) Joseph Campbell and things like that. Um, We're all three huge Star Wars fans, so I was very pleased to hear (laughs) that. Uh that was the first film that you saw. Well, mm. I'm glad.
3: Uh <laughs> it. Well, I'm glad well, it was the first film I remember too.
0: Yeah. Now have you, now uh, just uh, a quick side note, have have you all seen The Last Jedi? Is this does it get a thumbs up yes. or yeah, we're,
3: all, we, we're all caught up? Yes. Uh <laughs> it might be a whole other podcast to get all of our thoughts out on <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes it's it's definitely the most complex Star Wars movie I think is is uh we've had for quite some time so Cody other than uh you know being a fantastic singer which many people may not know but you're you, <laughs> what are you currently doing right now
4: um so I'm practicing commercial real estate law in New York at one of those big firms and um, it's it's a you know it's it's a very busy lifestyle, um, but I do enjoy it. It's it's you know good brainy work. Um, I'm also spending as much free time as I can doing music. Um, you know, I, I I still sing pretty much every day. Um, yeah, I know. Thanks, Nate. Uh, <laughs> Nate just wrote down a note for me. like trying to. I'm I'm working on it. I'm getting there. Um, so. Yeah, I'm also doing a lot of music. Um, I, I do musical improv. I'm working on a musical that I'm writing. Um, and also, I, I released an album back in September. It's called Unconfined. Um, if you don't mind me doing a small plug. Not at all. Oh, uh, it's, no. it, it's under it's under the stage name Cody Alexander, not Cody Ruger. Um, but you can find it on iTunes, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. You can also find it on my website, codyalexandermusic.com. Um, so I'm spending as much time as I can with that. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, find something that's, you know, find some job in performing or composing. That makes a lot of sense
0: for me. Fantastic. And we'll make sure to have those, uh, links as well in our show notes. Uh, and, uh, Luke, what about you?
2: Uh, let's see. Well, I have been working alongside with our father, with Tom Ruger. Um, been working on a lot of show concepts lately. Uh, uh, Tom just finished up with with, with 7D and uh, with, with some contract work with Disney, and I've been helping him along with that. And also, we've been working on um, our own projects together, uh, some, some comedy-type shows, uh, variety show, all, all animated stuff, of course. Um, and we're working on bringing those pitch packets up to snuff so that we can show them off and shop them around uh, at various studios.
0: Fantastic. Because
2: uh, I mean, a lot of them are, are are of different age ranges and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to show something to Adult Swim that you'd want to uh, then show to Disney right afterward.
0: <laughs> Very true. And Nathan, last uh, last I heard, uh, you were tweeting something about being on the Warner Brothers lot and working there. Is that are you working at Warner Brothers right now, or is there what's going uh, on with you? Yeah,
3: it's kind of surreal being back on that lot. So my day job is working on a TV show, uh, The Real. And this is another interesting, weird part of Hollywood, where uh, um, I'm the uh, project coordinator for the promos department on a TV series, The Real, which is, airs on Fox, but they shoot on the Warner Brothers lot. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that is odd, but that's just part of the business here in Hollywood. So, I it's it is weird, but yes, I can take lunch underneath the Warner Brothers water tower every day at work. Uh, that that is wonderful some days, and just really surreal other days
0: and i i know you were you were also uh, working on a, a uh i guess i want to call it a, a horror film the the goat man the, uh, the... yeah
3: I can, I can give you the the short version of that so uh i uh was very happy to direct a horror short film which uh we're wrapping up in post uh mm-hmm. early uh 2018 called uh, trust me a witness account of the goat man and uh the Goatman, uh for those who are fans of creepypasta which i'm sure there's a huge correlation between animaniacs fans and creepypasta horror fans just they're the same people pretty much lots <laughs> of horror. oh yeah so much horror. um but that uh it's uh, a creature that lives in the north american woods and there's folklore going back hundreds of years of this creature that can look just like you sound just like you, walk right up to your family camping out in the woods, and they will believe it is you until they realize that this imposter that looks like you is just mimicking the handful of words that's heard through the woods. Mm. And so it's uh, this short uh, film that's actually going to be about like ten and a half minutes, about uh, a couple that goes home to the woods, a young woman... Uh, don't, don't give it all away. I'm not going to give it all away. <laughs> it's an introduction to... Uh, to this figure, who we think could be uh, a new iconic horror
0: villain. Very interesting. Well, yeah, we'll stay tuned for for that. Uh, th- yeah, I saw saw little bits of that from the, your website there, and uh, it looked very intriguing, very very spooky.
3: <laughs> can we Great, and we'll be able to see it or we'll be able to buy it or what uh, you, uh we're going to be taking it out to film festivals in 2018 I and see. hopefully soon after that uh we'll be posting it up on the our uh, website where you can currently find uh, most of the details trustmemovie.com
0: fantastic all right well gentlemen thank you so much this is has been a, a really fantastic honor and uh tom uh you know i just got to thank you once again for not only being on the show but uh dragging your sons on here as well which is <laughs> uh very quite an honor thank you so much uh all of you for being on today's show we really do appreciate it well
2: thank you for having us it is quite an honor as well
0: <laughs> indeed yeah thank thanks you. guys it's great well let's go ahead and get to some contact information kelly where can people uh, reach out to you online
5: I can be found on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or you can email me, kelly at bigshinyrobot.com.
0: And Nathan, what about you?
1: Hey, folks, Twitter, that's where I'm at. Uh, ft that's me.
0: <laughs> uh, Tom? Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at him. Don't at him. Okay, Luke, what about you? Uh, I am actually not uh, contactable by not, any means. Not uh,
2: contactable by any means. I have a Twitter, I, I have a Facebook, I, I guess. I, I have an email. It's, it's my name, uh, luke.ruger at gmail.com.
0: And uh, Cody?
2: Uh, Codyruger at
5: gmail.com. There's, there's no dot between Cody and Ruger. <laughs> and Nate? And, and, and I, I'll, I'll give you, you're going to get
0: Nate now, right? Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. And you can just uh, what was my email? I mean, was, you, uh, you, <laughs> was leave me alone. Oh,
0: leave okay. me alone we, at go away. <laughs> <laughs> dot, <laughs> go, no, we're going to plug Tom's uh, blog again: cartoonatics.blogspot.com. Yeah, great.
3: <laughs>
0: and Nate, what about you?
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Don't at me though. Uh, at <laughs> Nate. Ruger, N A T E R U um, E G G E R. You can find me on Facebook as well if you'd like. Um, I'm more likely to follow you back on Twitter than on Facebook unless I've met you in person. Uh, but uh, if you'd also want to find more, you can find me on my website, nateruger.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again, gentlemen, for all being on. Uh, have a very happy new year. And uh, who knows, maybe, you know, if you ever, guys, want to be on again to discuss anything, animaniacs, or heck, even Star Wars or movies. Uh, you're welcome back on the Animini Cast anytime. Thank you so oh, much.
2: Thank
5: you much.
0: Joey. Thanks. <laughs> Happy New Year.
5: Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, uh, for Nathan, Kelly, Luke, Cody, Nathan, and Tom, <laughs> this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
5: Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Uh, bye. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight.